Professor Bryn Brown's research shows that vulnerability fosters good emotional and mental health. It is a sign of courage. We become more resilient and brave when we embrace who we truly are and what we are feeling. The Vulnerable Scientist Podcast is a space for scientists to tell their honest and authentic stories. I am your host, Saranya Kerry, who happens to be a scientist, informal science communicator, and I help scientists create personal websites. If you want to support this show, go to www.patreon.com slash the vulnerable scientist. You can also follow this podcast on all social media platforms at TV Scientist Pod. All right, so what did you do after your master's degree? So after my master's, I went to uh, work for a, um, uh, a research consulting firm in, in Kigali, Rwanda. Um, and so I was there for about five months working as a, a research intern. Um, yeah, and so there... You applied there? Yeah, I applied there. Uh, I got super lucky. Um, Why? Because <laughs> I, 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 I interviewed them. I went through with like um, three interviews or so, and then they told me they couldn't offer the position uh, because like the timelines didn't work mm. out. And then like a week later, they contacted me and were like, okay, would you be interested in studying a bit later? And, <laughs> and mm. I was like, okay, why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I got a bit lucky because initially I didn't get the position. Um, yeah, then they came back and gave it to me. So uh, yeah. a, a stroke of luck. That's uh, interesting. <laughs> a stroke of luck mm. landed me and landed me in East Africa. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, so what are you doing there? So there. Um, so most of the clients were NGOs and, uh, well, NGOs, one in government, and then some UN agencies as well. Uh, so there was working on uh, a variety of projects. Um, so I think I think the biggest one, yeah, I was working on a um, project with the, the Rwandan Revenue Authority. And they were trying to collect data mm. from their electronic electronic billing receipts. Um, so they have all this data that's coming through with the the electronic receipts. And what's fascinating, like what's fantastic about all this data, is it tells you everything that's going on in the economy, right? Well, the formal economy at least. Mm. Um, so one of the key things was to figure out like, okay, like how can we take this data and translate it into something that's usable, something that uh, we can analyze. Um, so we were applying machine learning algorithms to uh, really turn all like, um, yeah, taking receipt data and turning it into usable data. So what did like the machine learning algorithms do? They, so imagine, right? Like, um, a human can look at a receipt and tell that something is milk right away. Uh, so it will say MLK1L. Every human will look at that and say that's milk, one liter. Uh, a machine cannot learn that. Like a machine does not know that uh, because milk is spelled wrong. One L, what does this mean? And <laughs> there's the, um, yeah, and it's too expensive to hire humans to, to input all of this data. Uh, so what you can do is you can train the algorithms to catch all these spelling errors, turn it into milk, 
uh, and then learn uh, if you just have a human palette for maybe 10,000 entries or 20,000 entries, uh, what they are, you can just have that algorithm uh, essentially learn uh, uh, what to classify. Um, and then this data can become extremely valuable uh, because if you're able to measure, you know, what the transactions in an economy are, where they're happening, um, what quantities you can set up early warning systems for, for food shortages, you can uh, predict economic downturns, all sorts of things. Um, so this was the, uh, one of the main projects I was working on there. Um, but I also worked on developing uh, surveys for gender-based violence uh, research. Uh, so all sorts of stuff, uh, working on surveys and data analysis for, for programs to increase coffee yields. Um, so there was like, it was actually a perfect fit for me because I got to work on a variety of things. Because <laughs> mm. um, yeah. you're handling data from different places, different topics. Exactly, exactly. Um, mm. So I think like part of my, part of my like research strategy was to specialize more in data analysis and quantitative um, skills rather than topical knowledge because it's the same mm. data analysis and quantitative skills underlying skills. all of the issues. Um, so this was really my focus on trying to develop these so that um, um, I can learn the topics as I go, <laughs> but so yeah, that yeah. I wouldn't like corner myself into like one topic and then one get box. bored with it after two years. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah. What did you do after now? Is it six months or? How, yeah. how many months did you stay in Rwanda? I think five, six months, something like that. Five. five. Uh, yeah. So, what did you do after that? Then I started my PhD and moved to the Netherlands in January. Which oh, so you are looking for your PhD when you're in Rwanda? Yeah, yeah. So I had actually, I had had it set up before because I had accepted the the, the position in Rwanda, which was a like a fixed term internship position and then uh, at the same time I, I was applying to a bunch of places so at the same time a, uh, the PhD opportunity came in uh, I had that set up mm -hmm. I think right before I went to Rwanda I wasn't 100% sure whether I wanted to do the PhD um, mm. it's something that I considered and right. I, because it's such a it's such an undertaking, um, and like I was, I think I was tired of of classwork, of coursework, um, mm. and I, yeah, and I felt like the PhD was like a, a really like huge undertaking, uh, and then I mean, there's all sorts of things, right? It's kind of like it's such an independent path as well. And it's like, okay, do I really want to work independently so much? Or do I want to be a part of a team? Do I really need the PhD to establish a research career? If not, then I might be wasting my time mm. because uh, it's essentially like taking a, a very poor paying job for four years. 
Um, and like, I don't know, I thought it was a bit risky because, okay, what if I take this for four years and it turns out like I'm, I'm not a very good researcher and then now I just have a PhD, um, but like my research quality is not very good. Uh, and then this is just going to put me back into the positions that like I would have gotten without the PhD. So like, what's the point? Uh, so I think, I think I was very on the fence about doing it or not. And there wasn't, I also didn't have like, um, research questions that were burning on my mind and like research topics that I was like, I can't wait to dive into this and like do this for four years. I didn't really have that. So it was almost like, okay, I go into the PhD and I'm going to have to find my way a little bit. Uh, so I think a bit of it's just like the fear of the unknown. Uh, um, I didn't know what I was getting into. Uh, I saw it as a bit risky. And yeah, I, so I was really on the fence about doing it before I went in. Um, and then I also like quickly realized that that's not really normal. Uh, like most people who do PhDs, they're like sure about it. Um, and like, honestly, I wouldn't advise, I, I wouldn't advise anybody to do it the way I did. Uh, I, I really struggled in my first year because of that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So when I left Rwanda, I, um, yeah, I went straight into the PhD. Uh, which started in January in the Netherlands, which uh, was a bad idea for a whole different reason. I mean, the first class I went to, it was at like 8.30 a.m. It's dark outside. I was so cold. And I was just looking around like, I, what, what kind of life decisions have I made to end up here? <laughs> a month ago, I was in Kigali and it was fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. I can imagine the difference. Enjoying sun for five months. Yeah, exactly. But it's just cold and dark. And uh, so I think. (laughs) Um, Yeah, in the Netherlands, it's a bit funny to move to at that time of year because people stay indoors a lot more. It's a lot less social. So I think at the beginning of the PhD, Mm. it was also like hard to hard to integrate into (laughs) into the Netherlands. Um, Mm. Yeah. But uh, all in all, I enjoyed it. Uh, Yeah, and I have no regrets now. (laughs) I can't believe we've been talking so long. Uh, Feel free to tell me when to shut up. (laughs) No, I'm not going to do that. Not at all. I actually want you to talk more and more and more. So... (laughs) 